All right. So we're, we're talking about um, PASA, the point of contact. And how do we get to contact? What do we do with it? And how did we get there? That <laughs> basic looking at. All right. So as we have sense contact, that sense contact, which is um, a sanya, and it is also correctly translated actually as consciousness, though the, there are actually two kinds of consciousness that we'll talk about. The first kind of consciousness is sense contact. That means the kind of seeing that is actually seen. Mm -hmm. For instance, you see the screen. All right. You know that it's there. You know the difference between the screen being on and off. How do you know that? It's because you've got that information stored. Yeah. And there's someone on the screen, you either recognize them for their face or perhaps the way they're dressed. Or the same way with someone coming up to you. That you want to find out or figure out who they are. You want to recognize something about them. If you don't know anything about them, then we're in a state of confusion. In other words, we process and we process and we come up with nothing. We yeah. don't know who they are. What that uh, brings up is curiosity. But for some people, it will bring up doubt, confusion, and even fear. If I don't know who you are, you must be dangerous. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is the kind of thing that happens, but we can also uh, recognize who they are based upon the kind of clothing that they wear because we've got all kinds of clothing built into our database, our pattern recognition. So sure. we recognize, for instance, brown shirts versus blue shirts. We recognize the difference between a police uniform and the FBI uniform and no uniform at all, et cetera, like that. We have all of that data stored in so that we can help to identify what it is that we see. So if we identify something, uh, what that means, the identification then is a second kind of consciousness. In the Pali, it's called the Salayatana. And what that means is, is that we take the actual image, we add to it, through the process of perception to come up with um, an understanding. All right. So uh, this yeah. is what we mean by the word recognize, except that we're not. Um, yeah. OK, so we recognize, which means that we're bringing stuff out of the past and refitting it with the new information now so that we can recognize what's going on. What does recognize mean? We've seen it before. We recognize it. Yeah. Right? So that so we might these... be a mistake. Yeah. But that's the way we do it. We might think we recognize something to where, in fact, we're, we're making something up. We're wrong. We do not recognize what's going on. We, we think we do because what we see fits in with our own old database. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I was just going to clarify. So you were saying we have two types of consciousness. We have like the sense consciousness and then the salyatana type of consciousness. Consciousness mm -hmm. in that salyatana, that's like our, um, that's like the um, the mental object or 
I don't, well, maybe not mental object, but that's like the uh, mentalizing that we do mm -hmm. to be like, ah, like I know what that is. That's like a doctor in a lab coat versus right. like the sense consciousness, which is like more raw input related. Mm -hmm. All right. So in fact, that, um, that sense consciousness that we're talking about at one step is just the bare seeing, hearing without understanding. Yeah. The understanding comes because we have processed it into something that we recognize or that we understand. Mm -hmm. Okay. We use the word realize, mm -hmm. but this is just a, um, a convention. We don't realize anything. Yeah. We, we mentalize. Just, we mentalize it. We come up with what we think it is. Right. And that's not realization at all, though we use yeah. that kind of word. That in fact, it might be incorrect. Quite often, it's incorrect that we realize something that was uh, incorrect, that we cognize, but we don't cognize so that it actually, when we realize something, the reality that we realize is not real. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't actually match what's below it. This is why the Buddha was so big on investigation. We need to keep taking stuff out of the senses and keep plugging that in. Mm. Okay. Rather than taking one time, take an input, process it with all we know and get an output. What we need to do is bring input, 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 process a little bit and come up with something that's closer to what's out there rather than what is in our own mind. Uh, yeah, that would make sense. Okay. The more input you have, the more closely it would match the closer it's going to match. Exactly. Um, that's done in all kinds of sciences. Um, even in computer science, a basic search is a binary search. You can't just look one time and see the data. You look and you see, oh, well, the thing that I found is lower than what I'm looking for. So let me go look in between. Okay. And yeah. try to, and so we have to look several times in that binary search before we actually find either that the item is there or it's not. Mm. Okay. But in fact, to find out that it's not, it's more investigation than to find out that it's there. You might be yeah. lucky and just find it. But if you don't find it, that means you have to keep narrowing your search down to where it's not here and it's not here. And there's nothing in between because these are two addresses in the computer that's side by side. Or you've got this name on the list. Let us say you have Adams followed by uh, um, Connor. Right? Right there on the database. There's no Baker. And so we recognize there's no Baker because we saw both uh, Adams and, and Connor in a row. And we know this data is in alphabetical order. So what I'm saying is, is in the mind, it quite often is we do not see or recognize what it is. And so most likely the human mind will just grab something that's wrong to make it fit. Yeah. Okay. This is what we call delusional thinking. That we're not looking at what's going on. We will take anything because it fits with something we already know. Because we're just kind of making up things based on like very little information. We make stuff up. <laughs> we make it up. Okay. So what comes out of the Salyatana is either fairly close to reality 
or sometimes it's way far away from reality. Mm -hmm. um, and we can do that in the sense of reading someone's email. And they may use a word in that email that triggers us, the reader. It triggers that, the word that the writer wrote triggers the reader in a way that that word that he, that the writer wrote uh, is being mis or translated or misunderstood by the reader. And therefore the reader is going to have a salayatana that is different from the input. This is another example of it. So quite often the salayatana does not fit our internal representation or uh, we're not seeing things clearly or correctly. But yeah. whatever it is that we come up with is going to impact us. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that quite often uh, what we pull out of our database uh, may lead us incorrectly to making the wrong decisions that have to do then with when that thing impacts us, then we have feelings that are really inappropriate to the situation. Mm -hmm. That's quite often the case that we will come up with anger as the result of uh, the situation, but that the situation that we uh, created in the mind was not the real situation. An example of that is when we recognize someone coming that's got uh, brown clothes on, we immediately then, because we've seen it on television and heard all about Germany and brown shirts and all of that, and so we think because this guy's dressed in brown that he must be a brown shirt and that he's, um, what, fascist uh, or um, uh, Nazi, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. All right. And so by the time he gets to the door, I've already got my gun out. Yeah, because you've made that assumption based on your limited information because of based upon uh, wrong limited information that we have inside. So once that uh, impacts us, then feelings arise. Mm -hmm. The feelings that are arising at this kind of situation is ignorant feelings based upon ignorant processing, getting wrong information, okay? And that one of the things that happens quite often is that people will misperceive in the sense of the data that they come in is actually benign. Most data, in fact, almost all the data that comes in through the senses is benign. But by the time we process it, we process it into dangerous. Hmm. And then we'll have the feelings based upon danger. Yeah, right. so okay, so there's so that this, ignorance, yeah, that is coming in at that point of contact. Actually, the ignorance was before that, but the feelings that are, that are associated with that contact. Now, here's something that's quite interesting to understand that that the point of contact that the Buddha is talking about, this Pali word pasa, actually can have various degrees of power behind them but that one of the ways of understanding it is is that this contact is not just a touch or a rub it's a shove 
All right. Oh, this contact's not a toucher, Rob. It's a shove. It's a shove. It's a contact. Okay. It's a collision. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's the very way of contact that um, a firing pin will hit the center point of the cartridge. It's that kind of contact, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean by that? It's sudden and instant. That firing pin hits that cartridge center point. It's going to cause a very tiny little explosion inside there. Mm -hmm. And in uh, 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 what uh, the the, uh, the what is it called it? Um, the thing that sets off an explosion is actually just a tiny little explosion. Oh, okay. Okay, and so, the so thing that sets that it off tiny, is a tiny, little, tiny explosion. little explosion. Then is the contact, and the firing pin that hits it—that's the contact. And yeah. now the shell goes off. All of the gunpowder inside that shell then uh, is set on fire. Mm -hmm. That's the feeling. Sending out a projectile, and what the projectile that's going out is: I want it, or I don't want it. Okay, that's the point of Tanha. Once the bullet strikes its, its object, then that's full on Upadana. Mm -hmm. That's the clinging. That, in other words, now the bullet that got that initial contact from uh, the firing pin would be then the bullet going out and now hitting its target, which means now it's mine. This is, ta uh, this is Upadana. Mm -hmm. Okay, all of that is really um, ignorant because of that point of contact is the time that we have a chance. In other words, if that firing pin does not hit that uh, uh, center point, then the bullet's not going to go off. Yeah, that would make sense. Okay. So, um, let's, let's look at the point that Generally, what happens in real life is that it's only after the clinging happens, only after the bullet strikes its target, do we wake up. Mm -hmm. And sometimes not even then. Yeah. An example, a good example is when a man and, a, and his wife are arguing. Some point in that argument, one of them will storm out of the room. Or maybe just leave. Yeah. I got to go and buy. What that means is, is that someone in that argument has woken up. They woke up to the fact that this argument is ridiculous. No one is getting anything out about it. I love this lady. Why am I yelling at her? Yeah, hopefully. You know? <laughs> yeah, hopefully that's, hopefully that's the realization. Or like, yeah, if they're storming out. Pardon? Oh, sorry. I was just saying like, yeah, hopefully that's their realization if they're storming out of the house or anything like that. Right, because if there's no wake up, there's going to be violence. And when there's no wake up, even after that, there's going to be real damage, perhaps yeah. death. Okay. Yeah. So how soon can we wake up? So how soon can we wake up in the process uh -huh. between like can we where the firing pin right. goes off and where it hits contact or? Mm. Pardon? Between the firing pin going off and then well and actually like in, or in, like in this, this is after in this kind of reality of that argument 
we're talking about a long period of time, maybe 15, 20, 30 seconds. And any time in that time, the person can, in fact, wake up. Here's another example of that. I just had a student <clears throat> that said that he almost had an accident. Mm -hmm. That the traffic was there and he recognized that the traffic was there. And so he swerved. And yeah. by swerving away, he, he was able to manage not having that accident. And my mm -hmm. question is, how did you get to the point to where you were approaching traffic, stop traffic in the road, that you had to swerve? Why didn't you see it a long time ago? Why didn't you wake up earlier so that you could gently put on your brakes and, and do things correctly? You only had to swerve because, number one, you did wake up, but number two, you woke up late. Uh, because I guess maybe what we're cultivating this skill where like we're trying to wake up and so maybe we only have developed the awareness like later in that process closer to the collision right so most people the ordinary people wake up really late yeah yeah so the, that's like when things are on fire they're like oh gosh something's gone wrong mm -hmm. but you're talking about your student he woke up he had to swerve but you know at least he avoided collision Right. He did wake up. If he hadn't woke up at all, he'd have crashed into that um, uh, the car or the traffic or whatever. But he woke up. But he woke up late. And because yeah. he woke up late, the uh, <clears throat> the uh, let us say the uh, the physical dynamics of the vehicles was such that the only way to avoid the accident was by swerving. Yeah. All right. But if he had woke up earlier than that, he wouldn't have had to swerve. He could have gently brought the car to a stop. Mm -hmm. That's what we're getting at. With the teacher Samapada, the teaching is, how soon can we wake up? What Ideally, as close to that point of contact as possible, right? Or before the point of contact. Before. Let us say that that's a good target point for waking up. Yeah. Okay that uh, when we become really good at it, we can wake up even sooner than that, but we'll get into that in a moment. Okay. Okay. So, um, generally, when we start to getting fast, and in fact, this is an important point about why sutras, uh, they talk about doing Paticca Samuppada both forward and in reverse order. It's done in forward order so that we can understand the cause-effect relationships. We see the cause, we see the effect, we see the cause, we see the effect. Once we understand that intellectually, we begin to practice Paticca Samuppada in reverse order. Why do we effect. practice it in reverse order is because when we start practicing, we're fairly slow. We're not picking up things very quickly. We're not seeing things very clearly. But as we progress, we progress from this is full-blown dukkha mm -hmm. back into this is a woeful state, back into I am becoming woeful or I am creating a self because of this clinging, that if I wasn't clinging, there would be no me here. Okay, yeah. now the next step above that is, is that if I don't want it, then I'm not going to cling to it. 
In other words, that the projectile never leaves the, the, the barrel, then the target is not going to be hit. The mm -hmm. grasping and clinging is not going to be there if we don't want it. Yeah. All right. So now we're getting to the point of what causes the wanting and what is the power behind this wanting and grasping and clinging? The feelings that come up based upon the power of the contact. Yeah, so there's like an intensity behind that contact. Mm -hmm. Or like, I guess there would have to be an intensity and a quality to the contact. And then exactly. that would result in So it is quite possible. Not only is it possible, but it's the most common kind to where the input that we have is processed and comes up with a realization that is nah, mediocre, nothing to it. The contact is very, very lightweight, no impression at all, which mm -hmm. means we have no feelings much at all. Yeah. All right. So in the Pali Canon, they talk about feelings of liking, feelings of not liking, and feelings of um, what they call neither liking nor not liking. In fact, yeah. in the Pali itself, it talks about Dukkha Vedana, Sukha Vedana, and Dukkha Sukha Vedana. Is that middle one like confusion or like not knowing? That's the one that's confusion. We don't know whether we fully like it or we fully don't, but it does have an impact. That okay. in fact, the stronger the impact it is, <clears throat> the closer to the feeling that you could associate with words like, what the hell? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, I don't know, maybe this, I don't know if this is like in the context of, sometimes it feels like feelings oscillate between like, I like it, I don't like it. Is that mm -hmm. kind of a confusion? Would that be like it a... Can, in fact, that can oscillate back and forth between I like it, I don't like it, I like it, I don't like it, I don't know whether I like it or not. But okay, I so sure like don't like it. Yeah, so cool. I, yeah, so I the sure point... don't like this state of confusion that I'm in. Mm -hmm. um, there's many, many examples of that. Um, in in the sense that, let us say that you were a tribal lord in the desert, and that you were sitting on the on a mesa or a, a high cliff, and you saw a lone figure coming in. Uh, basically in this direction coming up the valley. All right. If you do not recognize that person, if you're not sure of who they are, how are you going to feel? Uh, maybe scared. Exactly. If you recognize them, you can actually recognize that he is a friend or he is a foe. But if we don't know who they are, oh, we don't know yeah. whether he's friend or foe. Okay, so therefore that kind of feeling is actually quite a powerful feeling. Yeah. Right. If if he is a friend and you know he's a friend, you may just sit up there on the on the mesa. If he's a foe, and uh, you recognize him as a foe, you may stand. You may sit up there on the mesa, take your gun out, and shoot him. That's easy to do. If you don't know who he is, now there's a lot of work to be done. I've got to go find out who he is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. 
yeah, get closer or like see who it is or like hide or something like that. Mm-hmm. Now, all of this is done ignorantly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's based upon the fact that I'm a warlord. And all of the stuff that goes with that. Okay, so that's where uh, the Sankara comes in. The Sankara is, I've already decided, and I'm calling myself a warlord. Sankara, yeah, the context is like, I'm a warlord. This is the context that I am the warlord. Who is this? Yeah. Okay. So we're always seeing things in the sense of being selfish. Mm-hmm. So that means that the Sankara that we have built up actually will influence sometimes the, uh, the internal image that we come up with. That in fact, the person may not be dangerous at all. It yeah. may be a friend, we just don't recognize him yet. Okay. Oh, in the ignorance that you're talking about, you're not talking about like the first, like, um, you're not talking about the ignorance that comes before like volatile action you're just talking about you know our brain has tried to do some like look up on these like sensory inputs and it's determined we don't know who this is right Mm -hmm. it's like not the ignorance that's like at the bottom of the Mm -hmm. do chain so at this point of of wisdom we would do um if we had wisdom at the point of contact the thing that that warlord will do is sit there and watch Sit there and watch. Yeah. Yeah. Look. If you like, we need more input. Like, you don't need to need feel a certain input. way about this. Yeah. Uh huh. That's the wise way to do it is to take more input rather than assume that because we don't know who it is, he's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now we're beginning to understand about the feelings that we have of when they're ignorant they will take us in the direction of clinging. And um, when we get into a state of clinging, um, the quality is, and this is a good example for people to understand about it, that clinging has the quality that there is a cling or, as well as that which is clung to. Or another way of talking about it is, is that if you have the quality of clinging, that means that it, it is owned now. Yeah, you've said, I, I need that. So there's right. like a separate... I'm, okay, so that that's what the I is created. The I is created as the owner. Mm-hmm. And the owner is the owner of this object. Not only is he uh, dangerous, but he's dangerous to me. Yeah, there's that, like, I don't want to get hurt, like, Mm -hmm. um, so I need to defend myself from that. So this is where the selfishness comes up. The selfishness comes up because of the ignorant way that we manage our feelings. Mm -hmm. And the feelings themselves may be ignorantly based. Yeah. But if we have mindfulness, we can, um, depends upon the, the point where that mindfulness kicks in in this process, because we're talking about something that happens fairly quickly in the mind. Yeah. All right. So let's use an example of um, anger and go back to the example of the man and his wife are having an argument. All right. And he's a Dhamma dude. So the argument gets started and she goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, wait a minute. 
wait a minute, we don't need this. And now he, wisdom has come up. It, hadn't, it didn't come up right when the argument started, but the wisdom, or he woke up fairly soon after the argument started. It only got yeah. two interchanges. And then he woke up. Yeah. Okay. The next time, but before that, in fact, the way that normal people would live is, is that even if the mother-in-law came into the room while the husband and wife were fighting, and she said something like, look at what you're doing. Why are you guys fighting? They may, in fact, continue fighting. That wasn't enough. So delusions were, are there. In other words, we already so feeling, so wrapped up in the feelings, we got so much contact going that even when someone else brings a point of wisdom in, we ignore it. We throw it away. Mm-hmm. And both of them will, uh, will look at mother-in-law and say, we're not fighting. We're not. <laughs> I'm not angry. Okay. And we hear that a lot, especially uh, an, an example would be in a bar, having a bar fight. And the yeah. guy said, yeah, but I'm not angry, you know, and they're very angry when they say that. All right. So. Uh, the first quality is is that there is no waking up. The second quality then is is that when somebody says, "Oh, you're angry," you can say, "Yeah, and I don't want to be." So now I wake up. Hmm? The, thir- the third time is, can you wake up on your own? Can you get it a little faster? Mm-hmm. Then the next one is when you wake up before you ever say anything. As soon as I wake up, uh, or as soon as I become angry. Before I ever say anything, I'll catch it. And now I'm working on the anger on the inside. And what we would say here, and in fact, every time that the student wakes up, whether he's already deeply into it or just about to start it, the same thing is always done. And that is, shut your mouth. Yeah. If you're angry, shut up. Yeah, you're only going to show Sit, you could notice the feeling. You'd be like, this is a bad feeling. I can Once shut up. Once we recognize that we're angry, the first thing we do is we want to shut up. Yeah. Or I guess if we noticed, if we noticed we were angry, would, be, would we be noticing at the, like, uh, I want it stage? Would we be noticing at Tanha? If we were like, well, oh, I know that I'm angry. This is like a, a little bit more complex. On, whatever it'll take. There's a lot going on, so whatever it takes to wake you up, that's the okay. thing. Can you wake yeah. up to recognize that you're doing something you don't really want to be doing? Yeah. And so when we do that, we can shut up. Yeah. And the, the best time to do it is, is to recognize that I'm angry and to shut up before I ever open my mouth. Yeah. That generally is hard to do. So what will happen then is, is maybe we'll shout one time, like somebody steps on your foot, or um, some event happens and you have one one word like ouch or hey or something like that. And that's when the wake up comes almost immediately after. And so no more will come after that. Yeah. All right. This is where, in fact, they have the idea for uh, Sotapan having seven lifetimes. In the sense that if if the Sotapan is angry, or the individual will talk about it in a second. If he can come to the point to where that anger is only kept on the inside and he doesn't let it out at all, that's not a birth. But if he says one word 
then that's the first birth. The second thing that he says after, you know, he says, ouch or whatever, and then he'll, he'll say, why don't you watch where you're going? Now, that's the second one. OK. Yeah. In the tradition of the Buddha, that the Sotapan will eventually wake up before he's done this thing seven times. <laughs> OK, yeah. OK, by the time that we have, by the time we go into the argument and we've said seven things, that's about the time to shut up. To figure out that this is not where we want to go. Yeah. But if he can, in fact, uh, when the anger comes, to not let it out at all, then this is what we call the non-returner or the anagami. In other words, the anagami will still have anger, but he won't let it out. He's sharp. And by not let it out, you don't mean suppress. You don't mean bottle it up. I do There's not some sort mean of like suppress. Exactly. That's internally where, expressed. I, that that is so funny that in the Western society, the um, the the psychological organizations, the whole um, let us say faculty student body of all of psychology, made a horrendous mistake back in the 1970s. And then that whole idea about suppression of feelings got public so that now everybody knows about suppression of feelings. Okay. Oh, well, I mean, let's talk about let's talk about suppression of feelings for just a bit. Go ahead. By suppress, I just mean like um, it, it, this probably answers is like. Um, OK, yeah, I don't know, say like me and my girlfriend get in a fight or something and I choose or before we get in a fight, I choose not to say something. Um, but then, like, I don't. But you stand there and feel bad. But I you stew want on to it, say something. Stew on it right. over and over. Okay. Like, I'm not actually, you know, I'm not actually handling that skillfully. Like, um, that's what so I mean by suppress. Exactly. So, this word suppression of feelings only means that you're holding those feelings, but you're not expressing them. Yeah. All right. We're not talking about that. We're talking about waking up to feelings. Okay, we wake up to the feeling. We express right. it in a skillful we, manner. And, and we stop expressing it because we, stop we expressing woke up it. to it. Yeah. Uh -huh. okay. But in fact, when we wake up to it, that means at that point we now have a choice. When we are asleep, we're okay. just going to go through the habit. But if yeah. whenever we wake up, now we've got a choice about what we're going to do with our feelings. Yeah, I'm assuming that it has to be expressed. And you're saying we can wake up. It doesn't have to be expressed. We don't have to get it. We don't that have life. to suppress it. We don't have to express it. We don't have yeah. to do either one of those things. Yes. Now, what happened in the 1970s was there was a whole group of stuff that was coming out about this. It got started with Fritz Pearls. I know you probably haven't heard about him. He was a very, very famous psychiatrist and uh, ed, um, spent a lot of time at Esalen Institute in California, very famous place. Uh, and Fritz Perls had a concept of an empty chair to where the therapist is sitting in one chair, the client was sitting in another chair, and the third chair was left there empty for the client to project their nemesis on to. All right. The nemesis at this point may be mom. It may be sister. It may be the boss. It may be the wife, whoever it is. That's the uh, the talk therapy session that Fritz Perls invented. 
it took one step then for this become uh, arguing or telling off the individual in the empty chair into getting a pillow out and bashing a pillow to get the anger and the frustration out. This led to a whole industry uh, that um, one of the words they use encounter group. Encounter group? Encounter groups. To where the therapist will get a whole group of people and then encourage them uh, to make enemies of each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so. They encourage them to make enemies of each other? So yeah, they try to get mad at each other? Okay. Uh huh. Sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> it, it was. They even went so far as to have an industry of equipment, sports equipment, batons, boxing gloves, all uh, knee pads, uh, big uh, face equipment that looked. <laughs> these therapy sessions wound up looking like a boxing ring. Yeah, it sounds like rugby with more steps. <laughs> And they found what was going on, and when they recognized what was really happening, they put a stop to it. You don't see any encounter groups anymore. I don't think there's been an encounter group in 40 years. See what they just thought it's healthy to express that stuff. Well, here was what was happening: that people would go to these encounter groups, and then they would go home, or they would uh, bash the pillow, being angry at mom. They would go home, and they'd beat up everybody in the family. Yeah, that's not good. Very misguided. That they, that the, 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 ther- the psychotherapists were encouraging violence. They were encouraging anger. Mm. But that's where the idea came from about suppression. Don't suppress your anger. The answer is, if I don't, su- you know, <laughs> if I don't suppress it, their only option was, was to let it out and express it. Either suppress it or express it. Yeah. No... But in neither case are they uh, going to the right thing and say, look at what you're doing. Yeah. Because if you're actually looking at what you're doing and recognizing that you actually do feel bad, you're just not doing anything about it. Yeah. So let's do something about it now. Once we wake up to that and we see let us go back to that point of anger that we recognize that I'm angry, but I haven't said anything yet. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that I can do when I wake up with that, I can congratulate myself. Now we go right into Anapanasati. This is wake up time. Wow, am I so glad I didn't open my mouth. Yeah. All right. Wow, am I so glad that I opened my mouth is now not the same feeling as I had a minute ago of being angry at someone. Now I'm happy that I didn't pursue that anger. Yeah, we've changed our okay. context. Now you're beginning to see how the wisdom operates. Wisdom yeah. at this point of contact. In other words, when we see that anger coming up, we can take, we can be glad that we see it. Mm-hmm. Another one we can go for would be in the sense of Anapanasati is having the right attitude of the winner. In the sense of uh, not just gladdening the mind, wow, I'm glad. But the other one, uh, the next step would be I'm in control. I don't have to. I'm really pleased with myself 
that I do not have to pursue anger. Yeah, there's an end of I'm suffering. the champion here. I'm the guy who's running this, uh, this feeling mechanism. And yeah. I can choose to feel the way that I want to feel. And I'm very happy. Down to the point of even say that I'm, I'm strong and proud of myself because I don't actually scratch that itch. Yeah. And so we're changing what our like um, sense consciousness at that point. Like we're adding things to the stack. Like we're saying like we're having these mental objects, like these thoughts that are like getting fed back into our Sankara. Or I don't know if that's right, but like into our context that we're operating of like how we're generating these mind objects or like these mentalizations mm -hmm. um, that would then be different than just being stuck in that, like being not woken up just being like that warlord or that angry person. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Yes, yes, yes. So I wake up to the recognize, okay, we could do that too. We can recognize that the person that we're angry at, we're not really deeply all of that angry at. Yeah. All right. An example of that would be the child is having a tantrum in the grocery store. Mm -hmm. What's mom going to do about the child with the tantrum in the grocery store? If she handles it unwisely, she'll freak out. She doesn't want anybody in the grocery store to know that she's a bad mom with a screaming brat on her hands. Yeah, she'll be like ashamed that the kid's acting uh -huh. out. She'll just try and to so quiet I've them. I've them. seen several different really strange uh, behaviors. But a wise thing to do would be um, when there's, uh, let us say that we're in the, uh, uh, the cereal aisle. Mom, if she was really wise, she wouldn't take uh, that, the grocery cart with that little chair if the child is sitting in that chair. She wouldn't go into the grocery, uh, into that uh, cereal aisle with that child because she knows that it's being set up. Yeah. Yeah. Take the child through the uh, the vegetable department, but <laughs> don't take a child to the gross to the um, uh, to the Fruit Loops and the uh, uh, the candy cereals that the child has seen advertised on television. So now the lady is in in uh, that grocery aisle with her child, and the child is I want, I want, I want, I want. Mm -hmm. If the mom is wise, she will give the child what the child wants and says, okay, you can hold this box of cereal while we're in the store. In mm -hmm. other words, she starts making a deal with the child to put off the, uh, the tantrum that the child is having right now. You can, ha you can carry these Fruit Loops or these uh, Tony Tiger uh, cornflakes. You can carry them with you. You can hold them all in the store, but when we check out, the, the, the cereal box stays in the store. Is that okay? That's exactly the same thing with the, uh, the child watching television or um, uh, playing with their cell phone. Instead of saying, put your cell phone down, it's time to go to sleep, we can say, okay, five minutes. Yeah, and so that would be more skillful so, that we're okay. going to be so producing we begin a better to work with games with yeah. skillfulness because we know about these feelings. See, not only do we have to be have wisdom at the exact point of contact when the feelings come up. Yeah. Tomorrow, yeah. I can know that these this sequence of events is about to happen, and I can plan on it in advance, so I don't have to uh, go all the way to that point of contact where those feelings get all arising. 
that we can... That makes sense. So you're saying, like, we can, if we're awake, then we could look at, like, you know, today is a Wednesday, and I know I have these meetings, and these meetings will get me, like, worked up and kind of, like, angry or whatever. So, mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe I could just, like, jumping jacks or whatever to, like, keep my... Or you can take some action to kind of mitigate that, or, like, to stay awake, rather than exactly. just, like... Okay, yeah, that's a really... That's really helpful. All right, so let's use another example because this one's one that's real from one of the students that has uh, been on the internet here a couple of years ago. And that was is that he was with a history of being uptight and being on, um, let us say, uh, on the spot when he would have conversations with certain people. And one of those people would be someone that this individual would identify as uh, superior or a big person or whatever. So naturally, the boss is going to fill in. Now, he's gotten into this habit then of whenever the boss comes, that he gets really uptight. Mm -hmm. Doesn't know how to handle himself, doesn't get anything done. And when he calls, he's almost on the verge of getting fired. But after a couple of sessions and we begin to look at this and figure out what's going on, I say, okay, now the time that you need Anapanasati is not when you're on the floor, it's when the boss is coming. Mm -hmm. The boss hasn't even gotten there yet. Yeah, you need the awareness before the... Okay, you can see him five seconds away. You can see him coming down the aisle. So you can take that time to get ready, to take a deep breath, and um, in this situation, one of the things that was happening, this student was getting really uptight in his shoulders and all tense and everything when the boss would come. Mm -hmm. So the thing to do then is when the boss is coming and it's time to have a conversation with the boss is to relax, to relax the body, to yeah. take a few deep breaths, to get yourself ready, knowing and telling yourself that you're going to be able to handle this that you're the boss here. So when the actual contact comes with the boss, we can be there with wisdom. Yeah, because if we weren't awake, maybe we're dreading during that five minutes for like creating this mental state where we're creating like already mental state. upset. Yeah, right. Or five seconds or whatever it is. We get ourselves all worked up tense immediately before we need to be really relaxed. But if we're yeah. wise, if we know this is happening, then we can plan on it in the future, knowing that this is a time, you know, it's like bad feelings, five seconds ahead, wakey, wakey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, that's, yeah, if you can kind of expect or like if you can be more aware, then yeah, you can change, like, yeah, the mental state before you're like in those difficult situations. Mm -hmm. And so this is how, through investigation, this guy was able to understand that, yeah, he did get uptight every time he was around the boss. He decided not to behave that way anymore based upon ignorance and start being uh, acting wisely so that he, in fact, could answer the boss's questions. They could get along. They could be friends. He doesn't have to see this as an authority figure that he, that's dangerous. He could see the boss as a good friend. Yeah. And I guess, right. guess what happened? Within the several months, 
the, the guy called back and he says, you know, everything has been changed now. I'm not about to get fired. In fact, the boss just mentioned that he was trying to uh, thinking about opening a company and he wants me to be a partner. Oh, sick. Thanks. Now, wow, what a turnaround that yeah. is. It, and does that tie back to like the Eightfold Path and like right livelihood? So it's kind of like setting yourself up for success in a way or like cultivating those mental states before the turbulence happens? Yes, exactly so. Um, one of the most important qualities in the, um, uh, in the sutta that talks about uh, right livelihood is um, about scheming, belittling, bait and switch. So it's looking at it from the sense of um, uh, being a salesman. Yeah. But in fact, everyone is a salesman yeah, if sure. they're employed. And so we do bait and switch. Yes, I'll do it, and then I don't. Yeah. Belittling the other people around. Oh, I'm better than they are, okay? Um, so uh, scheming, plotting, planning, uh, trying to set things up. This is all the stuff that has associated with right livelihood. Yeah, those are the things that are going to make it harder to be aware. Like mm -hmm. if you're constantly wrapped up in like trying to make certain things happen because you want, well, there's like want or need implied in there. But this right livelihood is all based upon um, the the quality of right actions yeah. and right speech anyway. That if we are engaged in right speech and right action, then our right livelihood will be right. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And if we are wise enough to be free from wanting, if we don't want anything, then we're probably not going to be breaking the precepts about harming people to get what we want or taking things that are not given. Almost all business is either I get an advantage over you, which means I've harmed you in some way, or that I out, actually out and out take it from you. Yeah, that's okay. what I've seen. That's what most anyway. business is. In fact, um, one of the things that I figured out about business is, is that most businesses are really successful because of a windfall. A windfall is in? A windfall. Uh, somebody buys something, they purchase it, they spend the money on it, and then they don't take delivery, and you've got it. That happens quite often in business. Oh, like an unexpected, like an unexpected windfall. All right. An another example of that, and this happened recently on eBay. I buy a computer. It's got a problem. I notify eBay. Uh, the guy says he's going to send a uh, shipping uh, slip so that the item can be returned. He doesn't get the shipping slip. eBay refunds the money. And so now I've got $500 and the computer. Yeah. Okay. What will most people do with that? They'll keep the money and the computer. Yeah. And the other guy on the other side of the world is not got no recourse because of... eBay's already made his choice. Yeah. But, but if the one who is doing this transaction recognizing that, oh, well, I might be able to get that $500 and the computer, 
but I'll remember it. And I know yeah. that this was not right livelihood. And I know that I don't need that money. And so what I do is I contact the seller and make arrangements to pay him for the computer that I've got. Yeah. Or just minus minus the discount for yeah. the problem that I found with it. Yeah. And that's right livelihood. Yeah, like not. But it's the honorable way to do it. Yeah, and it's because, like, yeah, you would remember that in the future. I mean, and, and yeah, you it's can, just like all agreed. And then you can come on yeah. internet and, and tell a nice story about what happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could do it for Instagram. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I did pay the man. Yeah. Even though I got the computer for free, I still paid him anyway for it. Because it was the right thing to do. Yeah. So that's an example of right livelihood, is that we don't intentionally take advantage of other people. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason that we would intentionally take advantage of other people is because that's what our culture is all about. We live in a capitalistic society. You're supposed to do that kind of stuff. Dog eat dog, take advantage. Yeah. If he can't, if, if, uh, he can't get your... Your money, then he he can't get your money. You got his goods, you can't. He can't get your money, or vice versa. You've got his money, and he can't get your goods. Yeah, true. I mean, that's the way society's set up in a lot of mm -hmm. cases. Um, one of the things that happened just recently on that same regard is normally in the West, if you have a repair, like you take a computer into repair, they're going to charge you money whether they do it or not. Here in Thailand, I actually had a computer repaired. He did what I wanted to do, but he didn't quite finish the job. But when he gave it back, saying he couldn't do this, he got all this other stuff done, he couldn't do this, but then it was free of charge. Hmm. He couldn't do all, so he gave some, and he didn't charge. What that means is, is that he's now going to be my favorite go-to guy to go next time. Yeah. And so, in fact, this is a way that businesses will build up uh, goodwill is by going that extra mile. Yeah, it's more fulfilling to just be cooperative and anyway, just like have good, good relationships with people. It's just less stressful. It's more exactly. enjoyable. Our relationship yeah. with people is more important than our business with people. Yeah. But not in capitalism. Capitalism, I don't care. I've got plenty of friends. I don't need you as a friend. I'm just going to screw you. Yeah, that's how a lot of people operate. Mm -hmm. But if we feel comfortable already, I don't need anything. That I'm satisfied with the way things are, then I'm not out, out trying to take advantage. Yeah. This so we is can... an excellent way of looking at what is right livelihood is when you're dealing with people honestly and you're not trying to take advantage of them at all. Yeah, so we can wake up at some point and we can say like, oh, like, I don't want to take advantage of this person or like, um, I don't know, like, I don't want to get into this argument because that would like harm the relationship. We can choose not to act on um, those feelings or like, I guess, wherever we are at in the chain, we can mm -hmm. choose not to act. Um, that's what we're practicing with Anapanasati. Pardon? Is that what we're practicing with Anapanasati? Like that's not what we're practicing like on Anapanasati is so that we can wake up when we need to wake up. Yeah. And in that sense, 
um, with the guy who was having trouble with his boss, his time, the, the time for him to wake up was when the boss was approaching, not when they were already in it. Yeah. And so we can get more inputs. That's what you're saying. It's like, we cannot do this. And what we can do, get more inputs. You know, that person can take a big deep breath. They can, um, like, think about, like, like, I can do this, like, or like, uh, like, I don't have to, you know, be awkward or whatever. I'm um, in this conversation. Um, we can start kind of like changing the dynamic um, with like that. That's like part of this chain of like dependent origination, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so like, how do you discern like, okay, so what I guess I've been doing, I sit down and I like try to like, I'll notice like, I don't feel good. And I know that before not feeling good, there's got to be like point of contact. So mm -hmm. I try to sort through, I guess, like whatever is in my awareness and notice like where it's coming from. Um, that may not be the right way of doing it because yeah, when you're sorting so. through what that means is you're just trying to figure out stuff based upon what you already have as input. Yeah. An example would be, uh, uh, in this regard, is always come back to the here now, look at what's going on around you, and recognize that, that things are okay now. An example with the guy, the, the boss is coming, but he's not here now. Well, I guess maybe a better way of putting it would be like, okay, I know the feeling's not part of me, so I'm going to toss the feeling out. Or I'm going to let go of the feeling. I, I understand the concept. I wouldn't use those terms, but yes. In other words, you are not bound to operate by your feelings. You, you, the feelings do not own you, and you are not the feelings. Yeah. And I, the okay. feelings are just there, and you can deal with the feelings because they're not you. If mm -hmm. you're wise. If you're ignorant, then I am this feeling. I am the, uh, the, the liking, I am the wanting, I am the clinging, I am uh, being reborn as a self into a woeful state, and I am in pain. Okay. I just gave you a little sequence there, okay? And it's always the I am. But if we have wisdom at the point of contact, then that wisdom is, I am not these feelings. Okay. Okay, we can have wisdom at the point of contact. And like mm -hmm. say, I, I'm, I'm not, not these. these I'm not these feelings. I'm not these feelings. Okay. Um. I guess I'm just confused about where we're acting out of because if you tell me or like the way I understand it when you say like um, if we have wisdom at the point of contact, then um, I would assume that like we wouldn't want to let that go into feeling. Or like okay. we would want Let's to go not, back to the child is having a tantrum. Yeah. The child is having a tantrum. And what does mom do with it? If mom is ignorant, she gets angry at the child. Mm -hmm. She does not like the child having this tantrum. One of the things that she might do because of her own childhood is raise her arm in this fashion. You've probably seen that. This is very, very famous. This is what an adult. This is what a parent does to the child. Yeah. Have you ever seen that? Let me give you the gesture again. <laughs> Have you ever seen that? 
Not for my parents. They're, they baby Not me. your parents. Okay. But parents do this. Yeah, yeah. yeah You're lucky. They didn't. Okay. What happens when the child sees that arm going up? Now the child has two problems. One is that the child didn't get that box of cereal. And number two, now the parent is threatening the child. And so the child is in fear, but they're already in a group of bad feelings. The child is actually going to have even a deeper, stronger tantrum when mom does that. Yeah. Yeah, so we so, wouldn't want to take the action that would then result in suffering. And that action is uh-huh. exactly. So what so does that wisdom coming up in contact. the air mean? Okay, so that's, I feel like we're hinting at Okay, there's dependent organization. That shows us how to get to suffering. That shows us how we get to su- sub- suffering ignorantly. Yeah, okay, so we could see... And if we wake up to what we're doing, we can make a change wisdom. anywhere along the way. But to escape suffering, would then we need, like, another, like... Okay, so, like, yeah, we take... We follow ignorance, like through the links of dependent organization, we end up in suffering. Then how do we end up in non-suffering? Would Is there another path or is it the same path? You kind of... With the path sorry, of wisdom, a, then you would have, like for instance, um, uh, going, the, the boss is coming to have a conversation, got to talk to the boss. Normally that's suffering. Okay, the but we're just comes trans- up, we're I'm, just changing I'm afraid, it all of so that. that it doesn't go into full blown. But with suffering. wisdom, I can take a deep breath. I can tell myself I can handle this. Everything is cool. That's wisdom. Sure, the but reality still be... is, is when the boss comes, he's not going to shoot you with a gun or bring out his whip and whip you. Mm-hmm. But we feel that way. We feel like we're being threatened when the boss comes. Yeah. And, and so, like, so the, we act like we're threatened when the boss comes, which means that when we're full of feelings, we're not thinking straight. So when the boss asks us a question that we know the answer to, if we were straight because we're full of bad feelings, we don't remember it. Okay, so I think my question, I think here, I think I get it. So like at the point of contact, we can say like, oh, like um, if I took this action, then like I would become um anxious or worried but i can take this or i can choose not to take that action and then mm-hmm. um i don't know not take a wake action up that i would take a deep breath i can recognize that this this danger that i see here now is only manufactured in my own mind the reality of the situation is is that the boss is not dangerous yes so all right or in the grocery store when the child is having a tantrum, mom can recognize that, okay, the child is having a tantrum. It's not dangerous. Yeah. And so then we would I don't be have suffering. to shut that child up. I don't have to do this. I don't have to get all freaked out and say, I've got to do something. I've got to do something. My child is making a big noise in the grocery store. Yeah. Right? Instead, we can be wise and we can say, hmm, this child wants this box of cereal right this very minute. Maybe if he had this box of cereal right this very minute, things would be okay and we can deal with the box of cereal later. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I guess what I was kind of getting at is like, okay, and so I guess like we could have wisdom at the point of contact, we could have wisdom at like 
the sense consciousness or whatever. Like we could have wisdom uh -huh. at any of these stages beforehand. And then we could choose to like not take the action that would result in us going further down this chain. Or also what we were hinting at before is that we can be aware of the sequence of events before it even starts up. Yeah, but that's like a it's like a big macro level. Yeah, that's like the bird's eye view. We, right. We know the boss is coming. We know that when the boss comes, I get all uptight. Therefore, yeah. I'm going to make sure I don't get uptight when the boss comes. Yeah. So this is the kind of contact and the wisdom at the contact that we're talking about. Yes, it does have it does have instantly uh, an occurrence to it. But because we understand this sequence of events, we can see, oh, this is going to happen. Five, that point of contact is going to happen five seconds from now. Let me get ready for it now. <laughs> so I don't even have to have wisdom at the point of contact. It would be for the point of contact, I guess, in that regard. Yeah. So where could you where at what point um, or like at what like level or like ability or like skillfulness, like being able to recognize that, um, you know, we don't have to like pick this chain or like at what level of wisdom is like, um, would we be able to cultivate joy in like our ordinary lives? I guess. Do I have to? Is that that would a be a point way? of cultivating joy? Here's the point. Yeah. When we recognize that I'm getting angry. And I can see that anger. I can say, well, I'm really glad I saw that anger. If I hadn't seen it, I'd be making a big trouble and I'm not making a big trouble. Yeah. So I'm right then that gladdening the mind at the point of contact and therefore changing the feelings. The feelings that got me here were the feelings of anger. Anger mm -hmm. at that child or fear of the boss. But now I can wake up and say, I don't have to feel angry. I don't have to feel afraid. Yeah. Oh, and then we can cultivate joy like over time. We can cultivate joy right there at that moment. Ah, so I don't have to do this. We have less inputs of like, oh, I was sad in this situation before. Like instead we've built it up like we've added to that database or whatever. And been like, oh, like I'm happy when I talk to my boss or like uh -huh. you know, I'm happy exactly. when I wake up in the morning, things like that. Um, yeah, that that clarifies and that that's really helpful. Um, yeah, I guess just like out of curiosity, I just want to I wonder like, do people have awareness like or not awareness? People have wisdom before like point of contact, or is that like where, or is that the yes, limit we can, of a meditator? That's real wisdom. That's the really best kind of wisdom is to see things coming. Okay, so seeing things coming, and that's like difficult, I imagine. Or like mm -hmm. very skillful. <laughs> I don't know. That's the skillfulness of it. But you can see that it's not magic. Yeah, and it's not like you don't get benefits before you get to that point. You can still mm -hmm. choose to like respond skillfully, even if you're recognizing it later in the chain, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, let's use this example. Someone comes up and they they're armed. They've got a gun. What's the most important thing about that gun? Um, where is it pointed? You. Yeah, where it's no. pointed, I guess. Where it's pointed. That's the important thing about the gun. <laughs> if, the, if the gun is in the holster, pointed at the ground or at the, uh, the cop's foot or whatever, that's a safe gun. It's not pointed. Yeah. 
Okay, but if that gun is pointed, and sometimes people will be in a conversation holding a shotgun, and the shotgun is going all over the place. If you're wise, you're watching that shotgun. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> because that's dangerous. That thing may go off, but what's going to get hit is where the gun is pointed. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is what we mean by wisdom in general uh, life is look at how things are pointed. Mm -hmm. Look at because how things are pointed. So Right. Look at the way things are pointed. Look at how better. things are headed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds very, very helpful, I guess, just like I don't feel very happy or like joyful uh, very regularly or like um, it's not a common feeling for me, I guess. So it's just like, um, I understand, like, mechanically, it makes sense that, yeah, like, we can have wisdom at the point of contact and cultivate joy over time. But these aren't feelings that, like, I have. I mean, I don't mean, like, I, like, strongly I, but, like, they're not things that I experience very often, doesn't feel like. So I guess maybe there was, like, part of me hoping that's, like, oh, like, if I notice, like, further in the chain, like, I can notice before, like, I feel bad or something like that more, like, mm -hmm. skillfully or something. Exactly. And the idea of wisdom at the point of contact is co sort of like <laughs> is sort of like the last resort or the last chance before we head off into dukkha. Before we're the yeah, last actually. chance before we hand um, and so uh, having wisdom in advance, knowing, for instance, that if I bring the child into the grocery store, that we're setting up a tantrum are knowing that when the boss is coming, that I'm setting myself up for bad feelings of, of fear and loathing and, and uh, trepidation. And so uh, the knowledge of Paticca Samapada basically means that we can wake up really early so that we don't have to wake up at finally the point of contact. Finally, when the boss asks you, are you finished with your project? And you go, um, 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 um. Yeah. You don't have to wait that long. You can be ready for the boss because you see him coming. You take a deep breath and you say, we're ready for him. Everything is cool. Like this. Now, we can also do that. Uh, let us say that someone is either sitting in meditation or something close to that, and they do recognize that there is fear, that there is some fear inside. In other words, they do recognize it. There's a point of contact. Ah, there is fear. I feel it. That's the time then to gather new input. The mm -hmm. new input is looking around. Oh, the dogs are comfortable. There's no alligators. There's no mafia. There's no big snakes. The mafia is not there. There are no cops. In other words, this is a safe environment. Why do I feel in fear? Because the input, the new input is, is that at this present moment, everything is safe. Let me feel yeah. safe. This is safe. Okay. So this is also uh, wisdom at the point of contact is let's go get some new information. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I get that we can have, yeah, we can have wisdom at any point like uh, even past point of contact, but like 
past that, it's kind of hard to salvage it, like, and that you're probably like pretty likely to take an unskillful action, right? Mm -hmm. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Um, yes. Yeah, and so I imagine like I'm talking to you right now. I'm, I'm probably past the point of contact like most of the time while we're talking. Well, it actually it goes like this. It actually is there's a lot going on in the mind. Many, yeah. many points of contact, but many of those points of contact are not powerful enough to be a real impact to bring up a feeling. Okay, so there is like a threshold. Mm -hmm. And so like I'm likely to a, just be feeling quantum, nothing. Precisely. Everything is quantized. Okay. There is nothing that actually is a steady state or a flow. Nothing is continuous. Everything comes and starts, fits and starts. Even the brain has alpha waves, right? We also think of it in the sense of neurons firing. So everything is a quantum. Nothing. We found out even in particle physics, everything is quantumized. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I guess just like, uh, there's a lot for me to work on that we talked about. Um, I guess like the hardest thing for me would be that, um, like noticing that joy. Like, I don't feel like I notice that joy. It feels like very bland. Like, I mean, I, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be like a pity party or anything. It just feels like very bland or like, um, anxiety like there's like a shroud of anxiety that's with me most of the time and mm -hmm. so um uh-huh i I'd like see to you anxiety yeah uh-huh i see you is is better than oh no anxiety again oh i feel so much anxiety yeah, exactly it's, no wake up aha uh -huh, i see you anxiety i know you're there yeah and like maybe i'm overthinking it but like these things seem to have a very like small contact um, like it doesn't feel like, bam, I'm hit with a like train of anger or like there's a tiger in front of me. It's just like a very low point of contact that, um, you'd be surprised because those, those subtle ones do have power and the power is generally because of the ignorance that we're going to take an action that's a big action because of a very little power of the feeling. Yeah. Okay. Oh wait, that it, very little power of the feeling. Well, let us call oh, it a big free impact. floating How, small a, power. Gotcha. People call it a free floating anxiety, or that they feel like that there's anxiety there a lot. Mm -hmm. In the in general, people will say, but it doesn't affect my behavior. Oh, I mean, it does. 100%. But it does. That's what I'm getting at. Because it's ignorant, it does have power. We're actually yeah. taking the power out of it with wisdom. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying is like, I feel ignorant to that anxiety. Like, I don't feel like I've woken up to it being not me. And so that it makes it hard to let go of, or not let go of, it helps me. That's because you don't like it. Because yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, I kind of shirk away from it. I don't want to look at it. Too you don't want to look at it. I don't like it. I don't like anxiety. I don't like that feeling. Yeah, I so I guess. Get rid of it. What I could do would be to get more inputs. Mm -hmm. I could, instead of being like, eh, anxiety, be like, ah, there's anxiety. There's anxiety. Let's take a look at it. Let's play yeah. with it. Let's see if we can move it around. Let's uh, make it go up and make it go down, make it go sideways, turn okay. it from red to green. <laughs> yeah, so I can play with it. Yeah, I think play you mentioned that. We can like play with things or we can like ignore them or, yeah, or forget them. 
I think that's what you said. Yeah, just forget all about it or play with it. Yeah, so I could try playing with that, but then I would have to that's, notice it, get more wisdom. input. In that the input, so like the inputs that I would want to get, like I guess like at that point of contact, um, would that be like sensory? It'd be like, oh, what is it? Like, what does the touch feel like? What is the temperature? Like, would it be those things? Are those the inputs that I want to get? Right. Uh, in fact, that's quite a lot of, um, how to say, quite entertaining. It's okay. a kind of an entertainment that most people don't. They think that they're going to have entertainment from YouTube or the laptop or watching a video or anything like that. Oh, no. The human body is quite entertaining. There's yeah, so I mean, like, much going on. It's worth looking at. It's yeah. quite a show. <laughs> yeah, like it could have a shape or like tactile like things. Okay, yeah. So, that, yeah, that's we have things to play with. We can notice them, get more inputs. Yeah. And I guess even by just strictly getting the input. Oh, yeah, the mudras. Is that what they're called? Um, yeah, we can get mm -hmm. more inputs. Um, and that's like just by getting the inputs, I feel like then we're not like thinking about being not anxious. Thinking about, being right. Suffering. We're actually yeah. receiving input, receiving input huh. rather than processing and processing and processing old stuff. Awesome. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'll work on that. All right. Well, this has been a really delightful conversation. I'm glad that you've gotten something out of it. That's great. Yeah, thanks a lot. Um, yeah, have a good evening. All right. We'll see you later. Bye.